Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. This is the second part to the conversation that we had from last time. Please listen to this and uh, let us know if you have any questions. Please email us at the Truth Talks podcast at gmail.com, or you can give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 612 88 Truth. Thank you for listening, and here's the second part of the conversation from last time. This is truth talk. And I think that the issue most of the time is that when it comes to honoring your mother and your father, it really is really because you're looking at them. Yeah. And you're not looking at Christ. Yeah, exactly. Your focus or is your, it's on you. Yeah. And what they can do for you or haven't mm-hmm. done for you or right. what they should have done for you. It's all animosity. It's all, you know, hidden agendas, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you want from them. Mm-hmm. I want to get something from you. I want more in the wheel or I want more whatever, mm-hmm. like the prodigal son, right? You know, and again, think about what I said today. All the passages, there's a number of comments from people after after the service was they just never knew all the different passages in Scripture that speak about honoring your father and mother. There's so many, mm-hmm. right? Again, most people think the fifth commandment, just a tertiary, just kind of God threw it in there. Not a real big one. And it was for children. You know, this is, you know, just for children. And not realizing that, yeah, I mean, of course it applies to children. But more importantly, it applies to adults who remain mm-hmm. children, right? By yeah. way of, you know, that parent-child relationship never goes away until death. So that reality of how many passages in Scripture speak to that um, is is very stark, very stark, and sobering. And um, so uh, it's uh, it grabs your attention when you start realizing the judgment that God will bring, the cursings that God will bring, and then look at our world and figure out how much of what we see is tethered to dishonoring, disrespecting, and disobeying parents. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, wow, this would be a whole different place if people just obeyed their parents. It, yeah. I mean, I mean, Absolutely. we would not, I'm confident because I have, I have watched intently at all the riots and, and arson and looting. And, and I mean, you struggle to find anybody over the age of 30. Struggle. Well, watch this. The spoiled little brats that I would call them, you know, not knowing any of them, but the rioters and yeah. all that stuff. You see what happened? They called their moms. <laughs> so there was a group of moms out there. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. In between the Which proves cops. my point. Which proves my point. I'm like, it's, you got to be kidding it's me. All these, it's all these kids. Yep. Even though they're t- 20s and early 30s, most of them, all these bunch of kids, and I'm like... Wonder how many? Well, you know, I, I, I now that you bring that up, I saw the yellow shirts, moms. Yeah. And, but I'm like, I wonder how many parents are sitting at home wringing their heads, going, "That's not how they were raised." Mm-hmm. That's, I can't believe my son or daughter. You know. Well, it's just they 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 know their son and daughter because even with the mask on, they'd be able to tell who they are. <laughs> it's but it's but it's it's it really is so much of the nonsense because God designed the family to be the foundation of society. So that the family shapes society, the family establishes society in every way by prop, by procreation, 
and then the propagation of, of, of generations. But it also frames the society. It protects the society so that long before I have to obey a police officer or a judge or whatever, I have to learn to obey my parents. Mm-hmm. And if I learn to obey my parents, then there's a really good statistically I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey whoever else is over me. Mm-hmm. I may not like it, but I'm going to follow. But the flip side is also true. If I don't obey my parents, there's very little opportunity that I'm going to obey anybody else that comes mm-hmm. down the line. Well, that's what we see. There's so much disobedience in our society. Nobody wants to listen to the police officer. Nobody wants to listen to the judge. Nobody wants to listen to their boss. Nobody wants to listen to anybody mm-hmm. with authority. Matter of fact, now it's overthrow authority. Authority's bad. Well, I mean, that, that, that didn't just happen overnight. We're reaping the, the, the results of, of literally decades of parenting that hasn't held children accountable to obey. And now they've gone out into society, and here we are. We've got, you know, anywhere from 20-year-olds to 40-year-olds that are not only lazy, who won't work, who are uh, just a mess in their in their uh, submission to authority? Why? Because that's that's how they lived, that's what they were taught, or that's what they were allowed to do. And it's just really sad. It's really sad because it doesn't need to be that way, it and doesn't. it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. I said today, just think about how many abortions, how much drug overdose, how much robbery, how much arson, how much uh, theft, how much uh, disruption. Of property, think of all of the vandalism, think of all of the stuff we're watching and we know about. How much of that would, it wouldn't be eradicated, but it would be changed if children would just obey their parents. Mm-hmm. But you know what's funny is that even coming up as a kid with uh, even unbelieving parents and kids, yeah. yeah, there was this certain level of respect and Absolutely. honor that you had for adults. It's exactly. That you were taught You don't by, have that now. Yeah, your grandparents, nope. your parents. Absolutely. My like generation just, saw that. Mm-hmm. I went over a friend's house. It was just an automatic. It was. I was taught that, mm-hmm. right? My parents were clear to tell me that every time I went out the door, mm-hmm. right? Taught me that about police officers. Listen, mm-hmm. I'm white. I always laugh when people say, did your father ever have to talk with you? And I'm always like, somebody asked me that question because my mm-hmm. father did. Yeah. And I'm not black. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, it's, it, I never, that blows my mind. I'm like waiting for somebody to ask me that question going, yes, my father had to talk with me. And he told me, <laughs> when you get pulled over, you do whatever he said. You mm-hmm. listen, you put your hands. He even told me where to put my hands on the steering wheel and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you don't mess around with them. They yeah. have the authority. And it's like, absolutely. I was taught that. Yeah. Because it's true. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, it, the, the, the thing about it, even taking it a step further. So I would hang out with the guys, the teenagers, or like the older guys that were like in their 20s. And when a female or an older, an older female, younger female, but when females around, they didn't curse. No. Like they would talk and do, yep. say all types of horrible things. But when a female came around, it was... Oh, yeah, we got we got we got quiet. You know, we'll, we'll finish this discussion later. Hey, you know, Miss Such and Such, how you doing? Awesome. Let me get the door for you. You know, because we'll be sitting out on the stoop, and you know, Grandma. But come. there was a respect. There was this. There was this respect that was there. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I was. Uh, I, I don't. I can't tell you how many times I was riding the train, uh, the metro, uh, going into into the city, 
and I sit there and it's, it starts to get crowded and there's a woman that's nearby. Of course, I'm going to get up. Yeah. Here, you can have my, have my seat. Yep. Go ahead. But I'm sitting there looking at men. Like, nobody, nobody does it. And they're just, and like, it's an older lady that's standing. Yep. It's like, just get up and let her have your seat. Like, nobody, no, you're not going to get a cookie. <laughs> you're not going to get a sticker. You're not going to get a reward. But it's what you're supposed to do. Just yeah. do it. You that's know, what a, that's what, a, back to the faithful man, that's what he does. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's so funny. It's like, that is, even on the secular side, if we're talking like, you know, non-Christian secular, there's there's that loss there. But as a man that is following scripture, yeah, like we're kept to a higher standard. Yep. You know, I would say. Um, but it's also a thing of like a faithful man who can find. That's it. You know, it's. They're few and far between, my friend. Mm-hmm. They really are. They have. It's always been that way, and it's sad. It's sad, and based upon what Paul says in Second Timothy three, it will remain that way, and that's why the calling of the church is to raise up godly men. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really, I really believe this with all my heart that the greatest impact the church will have, aside from just faithfulness in the pulpit and preaching the word is discipling men. Mm-hmm. I believe without any doubt, take all the hoopla, the BLM movement, uh, all this social justice disaster, take it all, take it, strip it all away and say, what is your church going to do that's going to have any real impact on anyone, but especially, let's just say, the, the black community or those, they're, listen, preach the gospel, and train godly men. Mm-hmm. There is nothing greater that you can do. They need, again, you brought it up, and the statistic, I want to say it's like pushing 80%. Yeah, it's, it's high 70s now. Yes, yeah, it's pushing 80% mm-hmm. of children in the black community that are born without a without a father in the home. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to you change that whole, that whole demographic and that whole community? Raise some godly black men who are mm-hmm. going to raise some godly children mm-hmm. and watch and see the ripple effect. Yeah, that's that's doing something. That's why when I I laughed early on when some people criticized us and said your church doesn't do anything, I was quick to turn around and say, Oh no, we're doing exactly what we should be doing, and we'll have the greatest impact on our community. We're raising up some godly men that in years to come, if they will remain faithful will impact this community far greater at a greater, deeper level that is generational than if I go carry a sign and put on a Black Lives Matter shirt. That will mean nothing. It will do nothing of any substantial impact. But if I raise up, do my job in pouring into men, spending time with men, opening God's word with men, walking with men, growing with men, establishing what it means to be a godly man and and help one another grow to be a faithful husband, a faithful father, a faithful friend. Listen, those fathers will turn around and raise sons to do the same, or daughters to find husbands that will do the same. And you watch and see in 10, 20, 30 years the difference. Oh, that's it. That's the, that's our calling. That's the greatest need. I think we did the podcast with Seymour. And, I mean, I'm convinced of this. Preach mm-hmm. Just faithful, so simple, faithful church ministry that God has called us to. Preach the gospel, disciple those who, whom God saved, counsel those who are struggling, encourage one another, raise up godly families through godly male leadership. That's it. 
So uh, since you mentioned Seymour, I just want you, if Seymour, uh, if you're listening, I did notice that since July 4th, you have not put out a podcast. And uh, um, I just... I, I just need you to put out another podcast, brother. I just, yeah. just, just that was a side note. All right, <laughs> I'll probably get a text from him like, yeah, man, I got you, I got you. But yeah, I, I love for that. And matter of fact, we should just have him back on again. That's it. Just, we we'll figure out something to talk about. It just won't to have take him long. On. It was good. Yeah. It won't take long. Yeah. So, but you know, one thing that I noticed is that you know you mentioned early on, um, earlier in this podcast that it's like you know, and this is scripture. You literally just you know repeating scripture. Uh, that the word of God is 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 active. Yep, and it is definitely all that we need for life and godliness. Yes, you know what's funny is that I look at the world today, um, the the lack of faithful men, the yeah. lack of uh, direction that I would say that the world has. It's like, well, this is what we're doing right now, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this until we get tired, and then we're going to move to something else. You know, I looked at like the um, the 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 status of the family right now and where families are and you know and I would just, just say the United States and instead of me just going all over the world I know what the United States is all about um, when you look at scripture when you look at how scripture has you know has, has got how God has set up different institutions in our world you know you you talked about the conscience uh, you talked about family uh, the government and then church that's right the way that they're set up in scripture it it makes a whole lot of sense on how it's done and and i'll give you an example so someone where you say you know someone's criticizing our church saying well you're not doing anything and they're probably saying that i don't know who said it but they're probably yeah. saying it because they don't see like a black lives matter sign yeah. uh, or we don't put black lives matter on uh, whatever that thing is called out front, the sign, yeah. uh, our sign. You know, we don't do that. You mentioned Black Lives Matter uh, in your in your uh, in your sermons, but it's not like you know, I, you know, this is we we need to get behind this and we need to protest. Yeah. You know, they're probably saying that that's what you need to do, but it's like okay, so if you're saying that Black Lives Matter, why do they matter, and what do we do with that? Like, what what are what do you want for us to do? Yeah, and it's, I don't even know what it means. A lot of people don't. Still, after all this, and I've read up on it more than most, I'm still looking at it going, what do you mean? Because anytime you say, well, it means this, it means this, then somebody in their movement says, no, it doesn't mean this, it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that. It's Again, it's meant to not mean anything. And the irony, the irony of the people that are protesting right now, do you know that I'd say 95% of the people that are protesting are white? White. <laughs> It's crazy. It's it's because at first it was you know like and when I say the protests, I'm talking about the rioting that's happening yeah. like Portland and Seattle and yeah. and Chicago. Those are white people out there, and they're just rioting and tearing up federal buildings. Okay, so okay, ask the question: Where are the black people? You know where they at? They had to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> They had to go back to work because it was like you know what I'm a protest for a little bit. I'm getting hungry, but I gotta yeah I got I got, I got to eat. I got man. bills. That's right. But it's like good grief, man. Uh, like it's and but it's like you're re literally rejecting the word of God. You are taking the word of God and saying no. I want nothing to do with that. But if you look at how God has set up family, it's so clear. 
God has set up family so that the man, the protector, the the uh, um, the person that is the, the leader of the family, he has a wife because he needs help because I need help. And my wife, like, she's like, hey, you know, you need to go to the dentist. And I'm like, okay. She's like, all right, I've made an appointment for you. And I'm like, well, I can't do We'll call them right now. Reschedule it because they're, they're booking up. Like, I need help because I don't think about teeth cleaning. I forget to brush my teeth after time in the morning. I have to rub back in the house, brush my teeth real quick. And then, like, like that. I need the help. But Absolutely. then then you have children. In that union, you have children. Now, here's the thing. You were talking about abortions. And, I, you know, what I thought talk, uh, thought about was uh, uh, STDs, like yeah. sexually transmitted yeah. diseases, like I know I, I know two women right now that are still living and both of their husbands have died of HIV. Mm. One had they had three children together. Mm. So three children together, the husband died, wonderful man, mm. died of, of, of AIDS. The wife is still living, no complications, no nothing. Does that is that that is the grace of God. That yeah. is God saying, you know what? Family is good, mm-hmm. even to the point where none of that existed in their marriage. He mm-hmm. died of it. Mm-hmm. It caught up with them. It was the the result of his sin, mm-hmm. and he and he would admit that. Mm-hmm. If I had the conversation with him today, I died because of my sin that I that happened before I got married. Mm-hmm. But he was a faithful man. He had three children, and she is fine. She went and remarried again. Mm-hmm. But it's like that is a is an institution that God has set up that is, is good yep. and it's needed. Then you look at like all the other institutions that come from that, how the children are supposed to be trained, you know, the, 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 uh, the family, you know, the Shema, you know, all these things. It's like, it just makes way more sense. And then even the rules that you would say, you know, someone would say, you know, well, I should be able to do this. I should be able to do that. Well, okay. If you're in a homosexual relationship, what, what comes from that? What fruit comes from that? Yeah. You can't have children. You can't reproduce you can adopt, yeah, but it's not the same thing as having your own children nope. and nursing that child. Doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work because and and the thing about Even, it is and, it's, and and the homosexual agenda has been around long enough now that to statistically it's already starting to show that it, it the uh, whole uh, uh, quote air quotes homosexual marriage, which isn't marriage from a biblical standpoint in God's eyes, doesn't work. Doesn't last. Mm-hmm. Um, because it doesn't provide the satisfaction. It doesn't provide, fill the void, the conviction of sin. All, there's a myriad of reasons and the, just the reality of, of of the man's heart. But, yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't work. It's not going to work. It's mm-hmm. not going to last. It's, it, it, it's never going to work mm-hmm. because it's against God. The only thing that works by way of obedience to God, joy, peace, uh, um, um, satisfaction by way of pleasing the Lord is following God's way. That's it. We were created for that. We were made for that. And and uh, that's the blessing of the gospel because it opens our eyes to it to where we can see it and we can understand it and we can embrace it because when we do, then we begin, just, just, just then, begin to understand true joy, the yeah. peace, the yeah. peace that comes from following God and obedience to him and yeah, and that's you know that's that's the issue in Mark seven. We we kind of really did a rabbit trail big time, right? But this has been an interesting podcast. Right. But that's the, the interesting thing in Mark seven because that's what the Pharisees totally lost. Mm-hmm. They at the end of the day, their system 
was they were deceived by it and they were uh, um, intoxicated with it and their system was driven by an idea that thought they could, they knew better. We can do this better. Mm-hmm. We can create a another law. We can create, you know, laws that will protect us from breaking God laws, God's law. We can build a fence around us and the people and all these things, which is all driven by an idea that says, you know what, I think I can do this better. I think we can we can improve upon this. Well, that's been that's what man has been doing from day one, right? Looking at Adam and Eve. Oh no, this is what God set up. But wait a minute, if I if I have the same knowledge that He has, this will be better. Mm-hmm. And that's been the lie of the evil one that God's holding back, that He hasn't given us the best, that He doesn't know what's best for us. And uh, nothing could be further than the truth. We really do need to follow it. And when we do, when we do, it's amazing. It's not perfect because we're sinful, and our world is sinful. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we deal with fallen flesh, fallen people, fallen world. So we're going to have to battle with that reality until we go to glory. But, man, there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it really is. And, uh, and history has proven that. And... Uh, I just, uh, yeah, I pray. I pray for our church. I pray for our men in particular that the Lord would raise up godly men, mm-hmm. godly men who will become godly police officers, godly lawyers, godly judges, godly teachers, godly salesmen. Yes, I said that, godly salesmen. <laughs> Matter of fact, that's probably the most godly position you could have, <laughs> godly salesmen. You know, <laughs> am I redeeming myself yet? <laughs> <laughs> but oh my goodness but it, i mean it's true in every facet of life every avenue of of life we need men who are faithful we need men who are faithful and uh, i i really i really um i'm excited i'm excited to see our the boys coming behind us i'm praying for them especially some of our boys who have graduated are now young young adults and and looking at this crop of godly men coming and just praying that the Lord will raise up godly men out of there mm-hmm. that will uh, that we'll see standing beside us one day. I'm praying to that end, and I can't wait. And then, by God's grace, I don't know if I'll live that long, but if the Lord would allow me to live and see another generation come mm-hmm. and see some of the, some of, some smaller godly men beside them, mm-hmm. right the 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 third generation. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. That's God's design. Yeah, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we can't lose sight of. As for you and I mm-hmm. and the men who are listening, like you can't lose sight of that. We get so myopic in our godliness and in our fighting the flesh, which is all part and parcel to being godly man. That you forget it's not about it's not really about you, mm-hmm. right? It's about those coming behind you as well, mm-hmm. right? You're blazing a trail. You're Again, it's you're there to disciple others. That's the great commission. You you weren't left here for you, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're God owns you. You're His now. You're redeemed. He's left you here to be part of His plan to mm-hmm. pull in more. Yep. Right. And uh, He doesn't need us, but that's His plan. And so we lose sight of that as men, and oftentimes become weak because of it, because we become selfish even in our sanctification. We become selfish in thinking, I just, it's just about me growing. I just want to grow. I want to read another book. I want to, rather than, who are you discipling? Who are you pouring into? Yeah. Who, who you got your arm around? Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is, 
This is what we see in Scripture. This is Jesus, he was constantly, once he went public, he was always around somebody unless he was going off by himself to pray. Mm-hmm. And even at that, he usually brought somebody with him, yeah. right? So it is with Paul, same thing. So it is with Peter. That's the way it should be with every godly man. There mm-hmm. ought to be godly men around them, hanging with them, growing from them as they go together, not only for their own protection because it protects you, we're far stronger together than we are apart mm-hmm. by way of you and I in watching out for one another. And Proverbs says that, right? Where two two is better than one because if one falls in the pit, the other one helps him out. Right. And there's there's a spiritual analogy to that too, mm-hmm. even in falling into sin and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's real. But then when it comes to Second Timothy two two, finding a faithful man and discipling him, that's a calling we've all got as men. We should all be discipling. We should all be seeking to make disciples. Which is way more than evangelism. Evangelism is just the start, mm-hmm. right? It's that the reality of making disciples is a lifelong process. You never stop, meaning you never stop pouring into one another and seeing them grow. You never get to a point where you're like, all right, I'm done with that guy, go on to somebody else. No, you're you're constantly working with the men uh, that the Lord has brought into your sphere, and you're helping one another, and you want you want to help each other grow and see each other mature into godly men which is a lifelong journey so yeah this is this is this is it this will never change there's nothing new the blm movement hasn't brought anything new and it's not going to change anything we do because god's word is sufficient that's the other thing that's interesting in all of this with mark 7 and and uh, all that we've talked about even with honoring your father and mother it's how it's how god's word is sufficient we need nothing else mm-hmm. there's nothing we don't need another book. We don't need another speaker. We only need to open the book and let it speak. Mm-hmm. It's all there. Like you, you were you were alluding to, all about raising our children, all about following uh, the Lord, all about loving our wives, all about being a fortitude. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look. Here, here you go. You were you were you were saying this earlier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here, here's your uh, here's your verse. Um, here it is. I mean, is that First Corinthians what? First Corinthians sixteen thirteen. Mm-hmm. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Mm-hmm. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. I mean, if that's not crystal clear, if that's not all I need, mm-hmm. by, or what am I supposed to do, Lord? There it is. I mean, that that one verse sums it up. It gives it great clarity. Actually, it's two verses. Um, it's it's crystal clear. You know, what I love about that that I've never noticed before is that there is a a sense of balance there. Totally. So the f- verse thirteen: Be watchful, stand firm in faith, act like men, be strong. That's like yep. the. Yep. And then the f- verse fourteen is like, let all you be that you do be done in love. Totally. And it's like it's that it's that balance. Absolutely. Like you aren't a hard man who says stuff that's harsh yep. all the time, and yep. you say what my motto, and I use this not just in uh, work and, you know, everybody that is, you know, is, is my employee. They they know that this is how I, I roll. But I learned this a long time ago from one of my managers. He said, say what you mean, mean what you say, don't say it mean. Yeah. And 
this is kind of like a summary of that. It is. And it's it's be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. And, you know, when you hear act like men and be strong, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be strong. That's but then it. it's like let everything that you do be done in love. Yeah. And when you actually do the hard work and study what it means in the Bible to love, then that just takes everything you just said and explodes it, mm-hmm. heightens it, elevates it on steroids to a level that is beyond what we can even explain by way of that. Uh, really, you could see it. It's that tenacity, that toughness that's then melted with tenderness mm-hmm. all at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's what biblical love does. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And that's Christ. What you just described there is Christ, mm-hmm. right? He, nobody acted like a man more than him. That word act like men in the Greek literally is the word for be, be courageous. You could actually translate it, be, be courage, be mm-hmm. courageous, be brave. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. And it's interesting that they translate it like that because in that day and age, not today, to, uh, to describe courage was essentially synonymous to what it meant to be a man. A man was a man was the the picture of courage. That's why it says act like men. <laughs> when in Greek it's literally the word literally it's a, it's it's the imperative be courageous. Mm-hmm. They translate it act like men because in that day and age that's what it was. To be a man was to be a courageous. Not today. Not, no, at, not all. at all. Not at all. It shows you how far we've gone from what a true man is mm-hmm. that we've lost that in translation. It doesn't even make sense, right? But that's what it that's what it meant. And that was Christ. Who was more courageous than him? Go to the cross. Know he's going to the cross. Continue to come to earth. Do all that he did. And yet he did it with tenderness. Mm. Tenacity and tenderness, man. It's amazing. Amazing. And that's, yeah, that's what we need. That's, that's what I'm striving for mm-hmm. imperfectly uh, mm-hmm. on every level. But I'm, I'm uh, by God's grace through his sovereign provocation of my own life and through his grace and mercy in my heart that's what i'm after and i'm trying to raise two boys to do the same Mm -hmm. and raise two girls to find two boys that'll do the same Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah. unashamedly unashamedly so we're going to stop here and then come back next time but now here is the gospel of jesus christ this is the gospel of jesus christ the biblical gospel starts with god out of nothing god made everything including you and me to bring himself much pleasure His purpose for us as humanity was to love, obey, and enjoy him perfectly. Instead of this, man has sinned against our loving creator and acted in rebellion. Since God is good and just, he must punish sin that deserves eternal, conscious punishment under God's wrath in hell. But God, being merciful, loving, and gracious, had a plan to punish sin and so be a just judge and yet forgive sinners and so display mercy by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, the co-equal and co-eternal son of God to take on human flesh, fulfilling his perfect requirements in the place of sinners, loving, obeying, and enjoying him perfectly. Furthermore, Jesus bore the full wrath of God upon the cross and he satisfied the eternal anger of God, standing in a place of sinners, though he was himself perfectly sinless. God showed his acceptance of Christ's sacrifice by raising Jesus from the dead after three days in the grave. Now Jesus commands everyone everywhere to repent, turn from their sin, and believe, trust in him. This is the glorious transaction. God then charges Christ's perfection to the sinner and no longer views him as an enemy, 
but instead an adopted son and daughters covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. We can now have peace with God and have eternal life with him forever. It's true for every person in every culture, in every place, in every language through all time. So our response to this good news is repentance and faith. Dear hearer, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Turn from your sins. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this day be reconciled to God. Thanks for tuning in to this. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast and visit our website at BelcroftBibleChurch.org. Delighting in the Word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Belcroft Bible Church.